This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, it's just us three humans again, Yay! chatting property. Yay! Yay! Why, why, why are we doing this like three weeks on the trot? Well, two weeks on the trot, isn't it? Because uh, we realise that basically people just want to hear us. They're not interested in silly guests. They just want to hear our dulcet tones. Or is it no one else wants to come on? We were kind of exhausted. <laughs> we, we, we don't have done. any more friends. That's it. We've peaked. A hundred episodes is all we could manage. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> and goodbye. Friends. We need friends. Do you want to come on the podcast? No, we've actually got some really exciting guests lined up, but we're having them um, because the summer we're having diary schedule issues, schedule, aren't we? Scheduling issues, yes. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is Hence why we were recording yeah. on a bank holiday. Oh yeah, it's Monday. So what, so what are we going to talk about today then, children? Well, we were chatting earlier about some of the, the things that we're working on, what we're doing recently, and mm-hmm. um, how it, it, you really go on intuition. The more um, experience you get in this business, you have a, a different outlook and you can, for example, know when a deal is a good deal, but actually not know why. Uh, and vice versa, you know that a deal is not a good deal, even though you want it to be a good deal. And you know, you, um, you might be trying to make it a good deal and kind of find that comfort, but then knowing that it's not going to be. So you, you, you have that underlying kind of intuition. So I think that's what we wanted to talk about. And yeah, I think it came up from something that you're working on, Joe. Mm. Yeah, so uh, randomly the other day, my builder's wife posted uh, a link to a property on right move on her Facebook page. And she tagged me and her husband, who's my builder into it saying, you guys need to do this project. And this is so bizarre. It's so weird. Like I've said, ever since I started um, investing in Grimsby, which is where I started out as an investor, I said that one day I would own a house on this particular road. And it's my favorite road in Grimsby because it's got one end only. It's got the best housing stock and it's got such strong rental demand. So I was like, oh God, yeah. But obviously the other end is a complete shit show. So I was like, yeah. So this came up, it's on the right end on the road I wanted to buy on. I was like, because I've not been actively looking to buy as you know so I thought oh, I'll take a punt on it and I looked at it and just looking at it I could just tell it was a good deal four bedroom end of terrace um you know lovely access down the side huge plot of land at the back with heaps of potential for later on perhaps fit the title build this space for at least another dwelling I mean it's massive um and then the floor plan we were just looking at it a minute ago weren't we Matt it's just got so much potential it could be flats it could be possibly not um an HMO just because I personally based on research I've done in the past have found that you know it's not particularly sustainable in terms of the demand but as a single family dwelling works all day long and you know could be a whole bunch of other stuff I haven't even looked at the assisted living route which you know I'd like to to explore and have a conversation with the right people around so the point is I didn't actually care because what happened was my intuition was sparked as soon as this sort of serendipitously, that's the word, came up from my builder's <laughs> wife. <laughs> Shut up, Niall. And, and yeah, I just thought, oh, this is supposed to happen however it's supposed to happen. But also 
you just can see that however this manifests, however it works, that it's it's worth a pump. So yeah, my offer was accepted on Friday, which was lovely to go into the bank holiday with. And you know, when you're just feeling calm in your intuition and you're actually sitting in a complete place of uncertainty, but you're just trusting that this has got something and that it will just manifest based on the next steps that I'm going to take. I could never hand on heart say that I would have been that relaxed in the early days when I was looking at property because it was just so siloed and so fixated and so number based like down to the penny and I was so forensic about everything and I wasn't relaxed about it at all the whole thing felt terrifying but I think the intuition comes from having a really great team because I've done nothing other than just build relationships over the years that mean they know what I'm looking for. So therefore the deal got bought to me. My builder knows how I work. We've worked together on several projects together. So he knows what I like and how I work and what end finish we can get to. And he's looking for work. So it's mutually beneficial. So he's like, yeah, let's, you know, I reckon it's going to cost X amount to do an us job. Um, and yeah. And it's, I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is brilliant. And I just, just put it through in an offer. It's great. Cause he viewed it on my behalf. I trust him. So I definitely wouldn't have had that sort of chilledness or relaxed approach. But yeah, so two things have come into play, faith and intuition. And that comes from experience. I was going to say, uh, just if someone is kind of brand new listening to this, I think do not go on intuition alone um, because you might have intuition about a property, but it might be based on something completely the the, the wrong thing um so because obviously when you go into property investing you're thinking about it from the perspective of where i live in this you know what what am i looking for so i think definitely it's something you you probably want to be in buying for at least a couple of years if not you know doing five six properties first before your intuition is probably tuned because that's what it's kind of getting in tune with your business and getting in tune with the property market so uh, yeah definitely be careful yeah you definitely don't want to buy anything good well even the um the property we went to view last week matt the one we've just recently purchased it's the first yep. time we've seen it but we've got <laughs> we know that our we know that our team are on point and they know what to look for they know what we want um so you know having that built up over the years is something that happens organically but it's it takes time to get to that point you just don't start off on day one and have your team in place and everybody's trusted yeah and you're right and actually that particular property was uh, done on a bit of intuition as well obviously for the reason that well, we haven't seen it we used our team's um expertise to to, to you know look at it and, and guide us on the scheme um but also you know just knowing the market yeah that that particular project was essentially the, the same size as two um like two sides of a semi-detached house it's like the same floor area um and those houses were going for about 300 grand and this was like 370 for two and we were just thinking well regardless of what we do with it we just need to buy it so Ooh. we ran it ran it past our you know, the jv partner who was waiting uh, in the wings um for the next project and um they agreed with us and we said we'll take we'll take the risk together. These are our options. These are our rough numbers. Um, happy days. Yeah, 
there is something to be said of like I think you get I do think we're all programmed in a certain way to have a gut instinct and I think a lot of that just comes from you know your your human internal compass Uh, but it also comes from once you've got a bit of knowledge behind you it's like you've actually got a criteria that you can tick it against mentally in your head whether you're consciously aware you're doing it or not so then your gut feeling says oh this would probably work and then it becomes something slightly different to like what you're saying. It becomes a bit of a, well, hang on, based on what we normally go in at around 300 on a deal like this anyway, and it's two for 370. Well, hang on a minute. Just that, it, you know, whatever it becomes, we're going to get our money back, you know, now or over the long longer term. So you just get a sense of comfort from the experience that then beds in. Yeah. And I think that was the other thing as well is just like, I just think, like I said about faith, you just know that it will manifest into something because it has so much potential, but it's actually knowing what the potential is that gives you the feeling of, oh, this will work. And then it's just like little things as well. Like, so I knew that this had been bought by um, a, fa- two, a brother and sister had bought it off of their parents shortly before they passed away. Um, they'd had the surveys done and the estate agent had already seen the surveys and was like, structurally, it's sound. Now that's obviously just estate agency speak, but I can have access to those surveys. If I want them, I can purchase them off of them. And I was like, yeah, do you know what I mean? So all of that, and then my builder's gone around and had a look and said, nothing is ev- evident on the surface. And so I was thinking, yeah, okay, all of that is tick, 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 but you never just stop at instinct. Once your instinct kicks in and it feels good enough to take a punt on, then you get into the let's just make sure stage. So, of course, anything suspect will come up in the searches, will come up in the survey. So you've always got that certainty afterwards. But I think there's something to be said of taking a punt based on instinct the more experience you get. It's a great thing about the UK, well, the English market is that you can offer and you're not actually committed until, um, you, know, until you exchange contracts. So you can, as, a, as you say, take a punt um, on a project, you think it's right. And then um, if all the evidence turns up in the week, two, three, four, five weeks down the line, like, well, actually, um, I didn't know this on, on the beginning. And then, and then you can pull out. So, um, and, and as negotiate. I negotiate. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, or renegotiate based based mm. on that because you're kind of the, the, the front runner in, in the race because you got in there and you, you got the offer accepted and then everyone's now invested in that going through. So um, for them to start the whole sale process again, two, three months down the line, uh, might be more costly than just taking a slight hit on the on the price. So um, that's that's kind of what one thing to think about. But you know, when I was talking about, you know, these are our rough numbers earlier, I was thinking, oh, that doesn't sound very scientific but um yeah obviously you, you go into <laughs> we did go into a lot more detail but that initial conversation was said these are the rough numbers let's go go at it and then and then you as you say go keep looking at the options and we did options appraisals we did the numbers based on that we did bill costs all of that stuff you still do but you got but you, you your guts there mm. and yeah it's not just in buying houses it's in your team members as well yeah and i think this, we talked about this um on one of the podcasts we did last year with Sunny Mahal about you know working with teams um and um when you're bringing in a team member if there's any doubt there is no doubt but if you have that kind of niggle going hmm I'm not sure about that person you're probably right um and yeah this is from our own experience um, of you know taking someone on going I'm not quite there's something about them I'm not quite sure about but we need someone now and they've got the right qualifications and the skills 
um and yeah we, we can we can press ahead um and um you know actually Niall is a good example of when we first took on project manager that, that you um you had a lot more experience of oh yes yes now just doesn't want to talk about it he's like i'm still in trauma <laughs> about the whole experience i was going to say i left you an opening there now Sorry, everything went silent. I was like, is that, is that my internet? Have I cut out again? It's just <laughs> no, it's just not talking. <laughs> no, yeah, so we, 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 uh, we were looking for a project manager probably about a year ago now, Matt, maybe a wee bit more. And um, we, we hired this guy who had a lot of experience on paper. Everything was perfect. I'd spoken to him a couple of times and he was really cool. And then we brought him on. And within the first couple of hours of speaking to him, I was like, this is not going to work out. So I think it lasted about a week, not even Why? a week. Why? What happened? I don't know. Do you know when you, it's, it's like you talk about intuition, intuition when you start speaking to someone and you realize that they're just, they're just not the right fit. We've got quite a really good dynamic, a really good vibe within the team that works with us. Um, and this guy just didn't fit that model. Um, so to give you one example, he said that uh, one of our, one of our uh, other colleagues sent him a welcome email and put an X at the end of her name just as a thing, not even thinking really about it. And he's like, well, I don't think that's very professional. Can you ask the staff not to do that? And I was just like, right, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then one of our other team members sent him the welcome email on a Sunday and um mm. he got his being a bonnet about it about being sent an email on a sunday it's like babe you know it was like we'll send you an email but you ain't got to read it babe like what if, if you choose to read it on a sunday it's completely different you know like people wow that's really old school isn't it yeah so he he um he didn't last very long well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the thing is to, isn't that weird though but like your intuition only, could only kick in at that point once you've been appointed, because like you were saying, in terms of the, the, the due diligence and he, he ticked all the boxes, but actually the intuition set in once he was rolling in the team. And then it's like, oh, hang on a minute. No, this is not the right call. So that happens as well. Yeah. Doesn't it? yeah. But people people tell you what what they that's why I really don't like the process. People tell you what you want to hear when they're in an interview. Yeah. So, you know, they'll put their best foot forward. They'll show you all the shiny penny stuff and the stuff that makes you go, wow. Um, but in reality, it's a lot to do with the personality as well as the experience. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the vibe. It's the attitude. It's yeah, regardless of who the team member is, you know, you've got to you know, get get on. And um, so we've hired people not knowing what they're going to do. Because we just like, yeah, we like your vibe. We like your, we, we like what you're doing. Um, so our, our very first VA, um, we're just like, hey, you know, because we, we interviewed three and we hired all three. One of them we were a bit unsure of and turned out to be true, like a couple of months in. So we kind of, we let her go. Um, but the other two kind of have, have worked out. And yeah, kind of one, uh, yeah, we hired based on, um, based on going yeah we like you we're not we don't like this isn't the role we're hiring you for you've interviewed for this role but we'll, we'll, we'll make another role for you um just because we want to have you around i think i think that comes down to as well like you mentioned earlier about um 
experience and getting used to working with people because we've we had people that worked with us at the very beginning who we assumed are really good but after a while of working with them and taking on more staff you realize that actually they're not as good as what you think they are when you bring on people that are better and do the job better yeah uh, so i think it's, it's like it's like buying a property without having to go to look at it having your team to do it you know it just comes with experience and time and doing it yeah and building that trust and knowledge and sort of yeah practice and yeah practice yeah yeah it's practice it takes a while you get you get to know what to look for well that's also it's also because you get to know you have to make the mistake you have to do it wrong to know what wrong looks like yeah and it's a bit we say you you almost mm. have to buy a wrong property mm. in order to um, in order for this intuition to start to kick in. And we're not necessarily the wrong property because we know that over the long run, you know, properties are you know, you know work themselves out. It's it's highly unusual you, you buy something which is always 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 the wrong thing. Like an example of that probably would be a new build off plan you know, style property which you never want really want to do. Um, but on the majority of other properties, you can get over most of those hurdles. Um, but yeah, you kind of you buy something you go, actually, I actually probably wouldn't buy that again mm. it's okay, but it's okay because I managed to solve that problem yeah but, yeah but you only you only know that by buying it and doing it and there's only so much you can you know be told or there's only so many YouTube videos you can watch about other people telling you um what is yeah, there's only so many episodes of property jam you can listen to you know you hear our stories oh. and you think that's um you think you now know what you're doing it's like well actually no, you got to go and you got to you know, buy something. You got to make some mistakes because that's what builds the intuition. It's not like there's like building blocks. You go, yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. Because also um, intuition, it can't be applied as a blanket thing because it comes from the like like you're saying the little nuance and detail. It's the team that you work with. It's the area that you're operating in. It's the kind of strategy that you're implementing. It's all of these little things. Like so, for example, if this was a house that my builder's wife had sort of flagged that was in like, I don't know, Scunthorpe or something, which is just down the road from Grimsby, I would be like, um, I don't know Scunthorpe very well. Like that would feel like such a risk. But because I know the streets, I know the postcode, I know the demand, I've got property there already. It just, that took a while to really bed in and, and build up. So yeah, it, it's it's the it's the nuance of, of how you operate as an investor where you operate um and what you do and that that's a real niche thing that intuition yeah. comes from isn't it that's proper niche um yeah it's also quite nice i have to say it's, it, it was it's, it's quite nice i don't think i've ever felt so sort of relaxed in my sort of profession as it were um it's, it's a nice feeling though that well if something's really wrong with it it'll come out and it'll come out in the wash you know like <laughs> what it'll be all right you know everything's going to be all right and like you say over over in most property cases it does tend to be all right you know if you've got the right people around you to help you solve a problem that will inevitably come up so you know, you know it's all good there's something else you while you were both talking that made me think right okay this is a bit of a left field thing this is a bit like dating because believe it or not, when you're working with people and I don't honestly, Lyle, I've learned some lessons, right, which I do apply to my property journey, believe it or not, Tinder is a very educational space, as is Hinge. But then what they do is they often people will tell you what their vulnerabilities, weaknesses or red flags are within the first conversation that you have with them. 
but often because we're looking to serve an agenda that we've got, which is like, I don't know, rent a property out or get a project completed or whatever, sometimes we miss those cues. And I think the more experience you get, the more attuned you get to red flags that people identify up front. So if someone sort of says, oh, I don't. Um, so, for example, when I think about dating now, if someone says, oh, I've been told in the past that I'm a bit of a narcissist or I've been told that I'm a bit cold or I've been told, I'm like, mm, OK, if you've been told that multiple times, you are and you're telling me that. So it's like I don't just, I don't suddenly go and go, oh, I'll be the one to, to fix you. I'll be the one that will just stop you in your narcissistic way. No, no, they're telling you that. And I think when you're sort of all like, oh, but they're so good looking, you overlook it. The same is true when you start out in the business. If someone sort of says, oh, you know, I don't really have a website or I haven't got really any testimonials to hand, but, you know, like, let me show you a couple of photos on my phone. And you think, oh, this build is brilliant. It's got to do such a good project for me. You don't, you don't, you miss the red flags. Whereas you, I don't think you get sucked into the niceness of people as much. Um, and you take your rose tinted glasses off the more experience you have because you know the right questions to ask and you know what the you start to identify the red flags I think so yeah it's because yeah. you it, it's like um I mean I'm going to equate it to something that I did while I was traveling back 16 15 years ago 14 years ago not that old and um property jammers did you know that that was 14 and not 15 years ago just I hope all of you you know noted that down. F FYI um but uh yeah so skydiving Okay. So the first time Ooh. I jumped out of a plane, I've only ever done it twice, but the first time I jumped out of a plane, I was told you do this, you kind of like when you when you get out, you hold on to your straps and then if it's tandem skydiving, um, and then they tap you on the shoulder and then you do that. And um basically you, that, that's, that's all you need to think about. Okay. Just do that, they tap you on the shoulder, and then you do that. For so those, those of, bearing this is an audible space. So <laughs> Matt was crossing his hands across <laughs> oh, yeah. his chest <laughs> about that. and then he was opening his arms out like a bat to fly. Thank okay. you. Yeah, exactly. So you can imagine a skydiver, you start off holding onto your straps and then you let go and you put your hand, arms out. And um, so I went, I went the first time and um, <laughs> I don't remember it at all. I jump out of a plane, absolutely shitting bricks going, what the fuck am I doing here? Um, sitting on the edge and then you go and you're just like, Oh my god, this is so insane! I can't take anything in. Like it's yeah, and this guy apparently was like, like it's almost stabbing me in the shoulder to demand. But I was just like holding on for dear fucking life, <laughs> and um, like I was falling through the sky. And uh, I honestly can't tell you what the first one was like. However, the second one, um, because you've now done it, you've you've got those cues, you've experienced it. You, um, so I was actually quite blasé. It's like, yeah, I'm going up in the plane, absolutely fine. I know I'm going to go out the window, um, but there's nothing like sitting on the edge. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't know how many times you sit on the edge. And you go, what the fuck am I doing here <laughs> <laughs> again? Why? And then, this and is then, a perfectly stable plane to stay in the air, not to jump out of. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so anyway, I was like, okay, trust the process. I've done this before. It was fine. So. Uh, I went out of the plane and uh, this time tapped on the shoulder. I was like, yes, I've done it. I've got my arms out. And because I was l less concerned about, you know, what I was supposed to be doing and forgetting it all, I actually take it all in. It was amazing. Like the second time I can remember it and it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yes, it, it equated to that. You can't, you've got to go through it. You've got to experience it because 
you know, the first time you're, you're in panic mode. It's yeah, your brain shuts down to creative thinking and the more experience you get, the more aware you are, the more you can just take everything in and have a, a level-headed um, approach because your brain's not streaming with cortisol or other um, you know, you know, hormones which are there to protect you, but not necessarily help you um, when, when you need it the most. That's a really mm. good little comparison, actually. I think that's one thing I hadn't really thought about. It's just you're actually blocking your creative capacity in the early days when you don't know any different aren't you I suppose mm. it's the same when you when, when you're scaling up as well um and you know we've experienced this recently with some of the larger projects that we've been bidding on and you can you go back to the oh well yeah you know, should we buy it should we not buy it should we buy it oh oh and you put should we go up a little bit more and you kind of have to take that you know it, you become whereas with houses and the, the smaller commercial stuff it's like okay it's is, is what it is and yeah that 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 one we just talked about earlier that was the easiest purchase i think we've ever done um it just happened and the next day we owned the property and now it's just it's just just doing its thing so that kind of scale and then and then you start to do something which is a bit different it's like oh not sure about that and then you scale up again and you have to re- you have to remind yourself of um the, the pitfalls which is why you put those people in place to take those pitfalls away and um yeah so yeah so it's 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 interesting um but i think self-awareness is probably the big the big key here just being aware of your own personality style whether it's the overanalyzer or whether it's the person you just you know gung-ho you know just do it and i'll work it out as i go yeah i think it's just being aware of your personality style and just um, bringing some balance to it Mm. say that um yeah and and the and it'd be interesting to see what other people's view of intuition is so someone who's the complete opposite personality style to you so for example someone who is a complete like numbers um numbers geek or someone who's complete design yeah how their intuition works versus yours yeah that's a really because it's a purely personal thing isn't it yeah it is and I, i do think this is why i get so um hot on the whole joint venture partnership thing because you know I think it's really important to work with somebody who does have a different perspective because yeah their intuition might be different but scaling it back from that or stripping it back from that rather it's just the the intuition to kind of work with somebody on that sort of financial and professional level and personal level in the first place I think that's where intuition in particular just is so 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 important to tune into you know it's it's I get so, I've said this a hundred times on the podcast, I get so nervous when people just jump into a joint venture partnership with like somebody or um, an organization that they just haven't established any background with. And I think intuition also comes into play um, there. Like there should be a set of questions that you ask them there should be some history between you there should be a discussion of values there should be a discussion of all of those things and then there has to be effective communication as you start working together but like you can't just go on gut instinct in the early days and I think this is why we you know we've seen it haven't we where people just start out on property they go along to a networking event find a builder or someone and they just think oh surely surely this will work and it's like all of a sudden again they switch off all of their intuition and their instinct and they just focus on the desired outcome and I just think you have to right from the get-go 
tune into that internal compass and then the more you work the more you get experienced the more you work with people the more attuned that instinct becomes but the benefit like you say of having somebody whose brain is different to yours is that they their instinct might be completely completely different yeah where would you put yourself then if because you're you're somewhere between the two like you're quite gung-ho Matt but you're also quite I don't know I wouldn't say necessarily overly detailed, but you do really think things through. You're a thinker, aren't you? Yeah, I, 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 I do think about, I try to think about all possible scenarios and therefore overthink certain things. Um, and I'm just trying, well, whenever I'm doing something, trying to preempt things going wrong, um, which um, can frustrate other people um yeah wow. quite a lot because i'm always going through it and kind of almost in my head i see it as like a 360 like, these are all things going right and, and all these are all things going wrong and then um it it becomes yeah it becomes part of your intuition and, and i suppose it does give you some worries going well what if this does go wrong um but then how what would we do in this situation i guess it's risk mitigation at the end of the day and and that's someone else's job to as our job as developer but you know part of your team's job is to look at all the risks mitigate all the risks and actually that's one of the tasks we did when we when we've just been setting up our portfolio building service when we're sourcing properties you know we, we went through okay what would an investor want to know um, about this project and we created a whole load of risks and then mitigations but just making them aware that there are still risks so so it's just giving levels of comfort about you know what happens if what happens if that and with all the best will in the world things can still go wrong but yeah i would say i'm a thinker i do like to know the numbers but i don't like it like i'm a kind of a high level spreadsheet oh, person gosh, yeah yeah i don't i don't like going like proper proper detail you know, i kind of want someone else to go into proper proper detail um because i just I, I just get bored sitting and like typing in a thousand numbers um whereas i like, to, I like a project to, manager mm-hmm. so i have a project manager uh, and summary sheets so we've got our finance manager for example um she pulls yeah you know, she's got loads and loads of sheets going on in the background um and uh, you know we just want to know the summary and when something doesn't look right then we go into the detail um because i can tell you actually we do we do this she's just like what's going wrong here what's going right here um, especially with our director's loan, I always want to make sure that the business owes me the right amount of money. So I'm just going, going through, go, okay, yeah. So I, I am detailed and, and I can pick out things that that um, she maybe misses because obviously she's it's it's not not her money, but um, um, or not 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 misses, but like codes codes to the wrong place. Just like yeah, I want to make sure that money's coming back to me and it's not not a not going somewhere else, not going to Nile, for example. Yeah, well, siphoning off the business. Oh, exactly. Okay, here's a question then. It's for both of you, because I think you're quite different. So, Matt, I want you to list three words or three key things that you base your intuition on when you are uh, looking to buy something. So this is very broad brush. Okay, what, what three things would you hone in on? I would be honing in on its, its potential. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not okay, if we're not going into more detail, I'd say potential. Um, um, I could talk about that for ages. Then I'm looking Don't. at then I'm looking at um, like the 
ease of the project. Okay. Yeah. So how straightforward it is, etc. And then probably because I'm, I'm assuming, well, it, it, I'm assuming that I know the location. So I know yeah. the area. So if I know the area, because then obviously if I don't know the area, then I've got a lot of, as you say, unknowns and uncertainty around it. And I probably wouldn't do it based on gut alone. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the, the, the potential for the property, the, what's the one I said? You said the feasibility of it. So the, so the, 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 yeah. the, the feasibility, like how, how, you know, how difficult or easy it would be to do. Yeah, and, then, yeah. then, and, and then value as well. So being able to put it in, you know, it would kind of rank it in your mind of this is good value, um, even without doing getting a spreadsheet open, going okay, yeah, I know that this this is this is going to make money, or I think this is going to make money, until someone else tells me otherwise because of <laughs> other reasons which you can't see, and, and and those last two are probably quite well connected. So the the feasibility and and the value. So you could look at something and go, wow, that's really great value, but then if if it's really difficult to do then it becomes less value because obviously the, the cost of the works goes up so it's almost like this equation in your mind of you know i suppose it is, it is a mathematical equation just based on intuition so you're, yeah. you're, you're you're weighing each of these things up and going okay well that plus that equals that therefore i intuitively feel like it can work yeah totally same question to you now what three things would you base it on Oh, um, I think I think the the end goal. So what we're what we can achieve at the end of it. So is does it? Well, I guess something we do in the business as, that we look at is does it make the book go faster? So by the end of this project, is it going to make the book go faster? Is it going to help us achieve our goals quicker? Yeah. Um, I think as well for me, I think it 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 has to have an aesthetic about it. it has to look good but we're all about next level uh, portfolios next level co-living properties next level hmos so in my head that has to look good as well as be good um and i think yeah th th those are the, the first two things that pop into my head third one struggling with the third one to be honest but i would say it, it has to well yeah, third one. I'm not sure. Being honest, um, you can you can take one of mine if if uh, you don't have to just come with different stuff just because. Yeah, no, no, I get that. Um, when you're walking around it, like, what are you thinking? Like, what's your? So obviously the aesthetic. You've got the the bigger picture, but then like, what's what else happens? What else are you considering? I guess it's it's. Yeah, so looking at how people would feel whilst they're in that space. Oh, my God. I could have told you that's what you were going to say. <laughs> oh, my God. And this is why you're business partners, because Matt got lost in a, like a whole rabbit warren of mathematical equations between the dynamic between feasibility and, uh, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and you're like, yeah, but like, you know, bigger picture and how are people going to feel in the house? And is the aesthetic there? This is why you work, because that's completely different intuition. That's exactly the point that Matt was trying to make earlier. And it, it's actually very interesting because whenever we're talking about um, sourcing properties, one thing that, that I always do is that the high level, okay, I want to see it on a map. Where is it going to work? I want to put pull these things together. I want to have you know, employers, you know, where the people are. I want to see it because I'm quite a visual person um, yeah, on, on paper. 
and now like couldn't couldn't give a toss you know uh, yeah w- when we first started investing in Portsmouth I went down there by myself I can't remember why I was there by myself I think no, I was doing something else but I went down there and I literally went to the coffee shop with the A to Z and I just scribbled all over it with with them um, felted pens and I made this amazing map so I was like okay I know exactly where we need to invest it's either here here or here um, this is going to work if we can get stuff which has got good potential, good value, and whatever the third one was, I said, um, then, <laughs> then it's going to work really, really well. Um, and then I was like, yeah, okay, that looks good, um, but um, yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. So he needed to get, he needed to go in because he, he wouldn't take my word for it either. So because he doesn't, not that he doesn't believe me, it's just like he can't get his gut feel about it without being on site. Yes. And, and going and walking around and speaking to people so that's where so so um so Niall would go and chat to people and because of that we found out more information which opened up certain areas that that just from the the, the high level wouldn't you know, I would have said yeah probably not and then Niall went and found some information about transport communications that um that I didn't know from that initial brief so he said well this area could work because um there's a student bus that goes from here to here so students do live in that that area of town um, so it was, um, yeah, so again, it's, it's different personality styles. Um, and it, again, that does feed, feed your gut. It's great. It's, but doesn't it show you just how important it is to like work with the right people and, and also trust those different pieces of the puzzle? Because I feel like with your business dynamic and you're a great case study is Matt, you're very much the quantitative you know, it's very much the data and the numbers and the, the the general business sense of it. Whereas I guess now you're coming at it with a business angle of like the end user and you're really thinking about the qualitative aspect of it. And again, that's piecing together this really strong, intuitive business partnership that allows you to make really good investments. And I think some people naturally have that kind of inherent in both of them or they develop both because they have to. Um, Matt's now waving a bit of blue tack that looks like a penis at us. I'm not quite sure why. Why are you doing that? What is it? Where did that come from? <laughs> it's like it's the elephant's trunk. That's what it's supposed to be. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't get that. I got, I got, I got penis. So, it's yeah. d- 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 different from the, the, the cube I made last last week. That's oh, yeah. Have you destroyed the cube to make the elephant's trunk? I did. Yes, of course. That's all they Visual. Sorry, I'm, I'm also a fidgeter, so... Um, oh, well, I, I'm, I'm also easily distracted, so I had to go on mute when um, Niall was talking because where I'm sat, which is in my kitchen recording this, there's a, a cat litter right next to me with a hood on it, and when my cats go in there, they make the most horrendous noise. So two things have happened whilst we were recording. Number one, they went in, and it's like they're digging... <laughs> a tunnel it's so loud it's like scratch 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 they're turning round, and I can hear that they're digging the litter it's like awful and then the, I can't tell you the smell I'm having to tolerate right now it's just so bad Rafferty I don't uh, know what you ate earlier on mate but you have done some bad things in there you should be ashamed of yourself when, when they um, add smell-o-vision to podcasts uh, we can <laughs> we can send it through the ether Oh, it's so bad. So this bad. Is, this is what you get for having pets. You should just buy a house plant. They don't yeah. smell. Ah, a deep. Deep. Yeah. A yeah. Yeah, you're right. I should have gone down the horticultural route, not the domestic animal route. Um, yeah. So, Joe, what are mm. the three things for you? Oh, good question. I'm quite similar to... Actually, I'm probably... Good a, question. A... It, was, was your, it was your own question. Well, that's why it's so good, now. <laughs> that's why it's so excellent, because it's my question. <laughs> I'm probably a mixture of the two of you, actually. Um, and I think that probably comes from, you know, really doing it by myself. So 
Um, I think the first thing is I'm just looking at, does this make, um, as you know, the financial thing is probably the last thing for me. The first thing I'll be thinking of is like, does this make somebody a good home? That That's the first thing. Does this work potentially as a space for somebody? Um, then there's something else, and I can't actually describe this very well. And I think it's probably the, the mixture of all of the, the things we've been talking about. It's how do I feel when I'm in the house? Because you've got the aesthetic is like, could this work spatially? You know, could, could, could I make this what I know I could? Yes, okay. Then there's like, but how does it feel? So I think I absorb the environment um, into my bones when I'm in a space. Like, what kind of road is it on? I'm, I'm, I'm listening for, you know, traffic. I'm looking for transport links. I'm thinking about the feel of the house. Um, you know, how I would move around the kitchen space, you know, what would sleeping in this house feel like, all of that. So it's that kind of, yeah, end user experience. Um, and then the last thing was probably like, okay, yeah, sure, that that all works. Um, uh, now let's look at potential numbers. So it's like, yeah, I think it's it's kind of like feeling and then it's quality. It is that, yeah. yeah. We're talking about gut feel here. So it, yeah, you, I think we've all been into a house and you're just like, well, this is a waste of a viewing. You walk in, you're literally in and out within like a minute or two minutes. Yeah. You say, you say to the agent, I don't know to waste your time. This is not what I'm looking for. Um, and sometimes you you do the polite thing, especially if the vendor's there, you go look around, blah, blah, blah. So maybe like three or four minutes instead of one or two. Um, it's like, thank you very much. I think the vendors sometimes get a little bit shell-shocked by how quickly you can go and do a viewing. Yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah, it, it, it is all about that that gut feel. And you kind of know when you rock up, it's like, oh, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be um, when, I, when, when you get there. Um, and I was going to say something else about that, but I've forgotten. Well, I think to put, pulling pulling on that thread, like, you know, when you, so obviously on the HMO side, I'm in the student market. I remember looking at a house once, so beautiful, has so much potential. Um, but I looked at the street and I was just thinking, I can't possibly put students on this street. I, I wouldn't want to do that to the neighbours because they were all like the vendor, you know, really lovely families. There were sort of children either side and I could see them playing in the garden because it was the summer. And I was thinking, oh my God, I'm potentially about to bring in six you know deviants who are just gonna be living their best life at you know till four in the morning and it's like really like let's just really... let's just caveat that not all students are deviants yeah but they're young and they're living their life and either you know to be fair that's not even deviant behavior that's just what you're supposed to do when you're that age right exactly that's why i think the word deviant was a bit devious yeah and, you're right sorry, and, when when were you supposed to stop living that life and stop well, to be going fair, to bed at four o'clock in the morning i haven't as you well know so yeah I, I don't know i just think i look at i just look at that and i think oh you're taking that environmental consideration into your your view as well and I, I have to say in the early days I probably wouldn't have had that head on my shoulders you know it would have just been about yeah. the investment and it would have been quite you know tunnel vision so yeah. if anyone's listening to this who isn't an investor or maybe who is new I think this this thing of intuition um if you if you ever bought your own house or even just rented your own house mm. yeah you walk into it and you just know yeah whether it's for you or not and it's, it's an extension of that. So, uh, say for example, when we start, we, we rented this house, you know, we'd seen probably about five or six things. We walked into this one and it was just like, yeah, this is the one. 
and um, you walk into a house if it's to the right investment you walk in it's a slightly different thing because you want it to be you know semi falling down or you know got with the brown swirly carpets you know, you're looking your intuition is, is honed slightly differently but you get that same feeling of yeah i'm going to be offering on this one yeah it's yeah. true and i think it goes back to what we said at the start isn't it it's like two things come into play knowledge and experience those those help you inform um the the the, the intuition but then something else happens and it's probably the more unqualifiable bit the thing you can't describe very well it's the feeling it's the gray in between the black and the white and that is purely just an emotional response that you just need to trust because like I've always said in every element of my life whether it's investment it's personal relationships it's my professional decisions you got to look inwards there's an amazing book actually at the risk of sounding informative um called uh, untamed by a lady called Glennon Doyle and she talks about going inside yourself and this feeling of knowing this sense of just knowing and the more as human beings we tap into that sense of knowing that emotion the better the decisions we make that serve that serve ourselves not just others and again I think that comes into play with professional decisions as well I do I think you just get a feeling um, yeah. yeah it's mad and that's that's bigger than us I'm quite happy for it. I'm quite happy not to understand it. I just know I need to trust it. It comes from your subconscious. Yeah. It's it's all, it's that, you know, I'm not an expert on the brain uh, or how the psyche works, but um, from the limited information knowledge that I, I have through personal, through exploring personal development over the last six years, it's a lot of it is, um, well, mo- most of your, your, your brain, your thinking is subconscious. So um, it's your subconscious telling you something. Yeah. Um, so you've either noticed something without physically being aware of it um, and your your brain's going not sure about that um, yeah so it um, so it's programmed that's what I was, that's where I'm going to your, your subconscious is programmed by the way that you through your experiences yeah yeah so um, from from a very very early age onwards your subconscious is programmed and when you're doing projects um, you know, again you're reprogramming your, your subconscious and you can do that more yeah people who meditate can you know have more control over uh, over that i suppose mm-hmm. um but yeah it's, it, it is there for a reason and it stops you from doing things that that hopefully that potentially are going to harm you so uh, yeah yeah don't ignore the gut yeah that's don't the message the don't when you're hungry definitely eat yeah. I'm hungry right now, so I might I am just hungry do right now as well. I'm, I'm actually breakfast. not. I had a massive breakfast. It was so fat. Like, I just went really hard. And also, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, I'm going for lunch. It's my brother's birthday today. So, we're going for a big family oh, yeah, lunch. Of course. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Stevie. Stevie. Happy yeah. Stevie. We're having a big curry. Mum's done a homemade curry. Ooh. And uh, yeah, it's been an eating weekend generally this bank holiday because my mum's birthday on Saturday, both my little Virgos. And um, yeah, we've uh, we've just eaten good food. It's been a lovely. Uh, my instinct told me that was all good. Like it was really good yeah. to eat. And your instinct tells you, you know, just go and fill up again. Yep. On my mum's homemade delicious curry on bank holiday Monday. Yes, please. <laughs> well, on that note. I think we're going to say thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope your intuition uh, brought you to the right place today. Um, so that's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Thank goodbye from me too.
and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjampodcast at outlook.com. See See you on the next episode. episode.